racing cars need racing fuel. And Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend. And it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. Two of the very best operators marked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended race. Welcome back to the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels and today we are live from Sydney Motorsport Park. Of course, we usually put out our podcast, Tony D, on a Tuesday morning. We haven't done that. It's going to go out Wednesday afternoon, I guess. Uh, but we've done that for a couple of specific reasons. First, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, a little tired, a little weary, and uh, that might be the reason why the pod got delayed a little bit. No, no, we had uh, a little test day yesterday at Sydney Motorsport Park in the Shell V-Power DJR Mustang. Is that the right? Yeah. I think that's the yeah, right terminology. Yeah, you've good. Um, so, yeah, round and round and round, lots of laps. So, uh, feeling pretty good out there. Um, car feels good, obviously, which I expected. I mean, they've been kicking ass, so... Um, the car was very, very good, so that was excellent. But uh, yeah, we had to delay the pod because I'm sure you've got uh, a couple of little sneaky questions for me. Mm, lots to talk about, lots to talk about. And uh, we had a, uh, there's and heaps to cover as well. Like there was uh, supercars obviously over the weekend and everyone has probably had a good chance to unpack what had happened there with uh, Jamie Winkup going a little rogue, I guess mm. some, some have called it. Uh, more strong results for Shell V-Power, in particular Anton Di Pasquale. You um, must be feeling good about that, heading into that uh, big race that you get to compete with. Also some Formula One, MotoGP, heaps for us to go through. But before we get into any of it, there's a couple of really big things. First, like you've driven the, the Mustang. First time you've driven a supercar in a long, long time, since Sandown Ride Day, I think it was, earlier in the year. Uh, but you're also going to wind the clock back a lot. We're, we're winding it right back to 2007 here. 2007, it was a great year for you. You won the Super 2 title at that time, it was called the Fujitsu, the Fujitsu V8 Series. And you haven't raced in the Super 2 Series since then. You obviously went on to far bigger and better things. Uh, TCR production car racing <laughs> you were, of course went on to full-time supercars after your super two win but this weekend you are going to race in the super two series driving for eggleston motorsport i guess just to get your head back around a supercar get back into that uh racing mode yeah yeah it's quite exciting and uh it's something that sort of came back quite late, but it, I thought it was you know, really important to try and get some miles before the Bathurst 1000. I, I literally been sitting at home watching the racing on the TV rather than actually uh, getting any miles myself. So yeah, 14 years since my last Super 2 race, but sort of, sort of, because I did do uh, a Bathurst weekend. I co-drove with Josh Keane Years oh, and years right. ago. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. When they did the two-driver thing, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure whether I'm going to count that because that was a bit of a non-event. But uh, it's been a long time. So uh, we actually have a test day tomorrow. So my first uh, um, time in the Eggleston Motorsport 
Commodore. Mm-hmm. It's like a sin. I shouldn't say that. Uh, you were always a Commodore man, though. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Of course. Yeah. You're a Honda Civic man now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No. <laughs> no. You're a man for all flavours, colours. Fun, funnily enough, though, I did uh, have to ask uh, the good Dr. Ryan story from DJR if it was okay. And he says, he's got the wrong badge on the front, mate, but it smiles, so uh, I'll let it slide this time. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to that. There's some bloody uh, hot talent out there. We've got Matty Payne this weekend having a run. Um, obviously, Brock Feeney and the guys at the front that have been battling it out all year, Zach Best as well. Um, so it's certainly not going to be easy. Uh, I think Blanchy's going to have a run too, Tim Blanchard in, in the Eccleston Motorsport car as well. He's your teammate. He'll be my teammate, which will be a bit of fun. And just to add a bit of spice to it, the weather looks absolutely shocking. Oh, really? I haven't even looked at the forecast. No, no, no. Are we going to get wet? I think we're going to get really wet. So, I mean, as if supercars haven't had enough wet races recently, I think on the weekend they're going to absolutely cop it, especially Saturday night because I think they've got an evening race and it's like thunderstorms and everything predicted for the time of the night. So, um, you know, we're going to get on to talking about last weekend's supercar battles because there was plenty on track. Uh, but I think next weekend, or this weekend coming, it's going to be even more intense. Mm, okay, cool. So let's uh, just talk about why you're doing this Super 2 stuff. I guess it's not necessary. You talked about who's in the field and who you'll be up against. And I'm sure once you suit up, helmet on, you'll be thinking, geez, I just want to put this on pole and just race away with it. But I guess it's less about, it's less about that. Mm. It's just about getting back into that, that feeling, you know, getting the helmet on, getting that adrenaline right up there. I can imagine when you likely will start the great race in a few weeks' time, like, that would be, that would be pressure stuff. Like, I mean, I get nervous about, like, doing pretty mundane sort of things, but that's a, uh, a high-pressure thing. So, you know, shaking off some of the cobwebs in, in this, a little bit lower, lower pressure, um, is a good way to get, get the head in the right space for the 1,000. Yeah, I don't really have any expectations going into this weekend other than um, dusting off the cobwebs. But to be honest, I, I put more pressure on myself than anybody else. So whether it's a Super 2 race, TCR race, whatever, I'm always you know, putting pressure on myself to try and perform. So, uh, But you're right, you know, if you're starting on pole at the 1000 and you haven't done a start in you know, five years or something, then it's probably not the best uh, preparation. So yeah, you do a couple of starts off the line, um, just that you know, wheel-to-wheel battle during the race, uh, managing tyre life, things like that that you, know, you can only really experience when you're doing it. You get told about it a lot, and, and this is what we experienced yesterday at the test day. Everyone's been talking about you know, tyre degradation around Sydney Motorsport Park, and um, once you actually get behind the wheel and drive the car and experience it, you think, Jesus, like, it's really, really bad. And, and just some techniques to try and overcome some of the tyre deg um, you know, I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to practice. So some of those things are just really valuable and you just can't replicate it. So um, that's, that's a, the main reason behind it. Um, to be honest, I was really hoping that TCR were going to be here this weekend and I could drive my Honda Civic, but all that's, uh, that hasn't happened. Mm, nope, that did not happen. And I guess there was some other options for you. If you were going to drive, there was Trans Am, there's S5000, there's Super Utes are going to be here. Uh, Toyota 86, there were a few options, but nothing like laps in a supercar. No, that's right. And, 
you know, there is a price tag attached to it and it really came down to what I could raise for the weekend and I was very fortunate that my um, personal sponsors were really excited about it. They actually, it was not that hard to get the budget to go racing this weekend, which, um, you know, in traditional motorsport, it's very difficult to get it for other categories. And But, yeah, this weekend in Super 2, it's, um, I've been able to raise the budget to do it and I thought, well, let's go for it then, let's do it. Um, yeah, other options were TA2. That, I think that was probably the next best option just because the car's fairly similar to a supercar. Um, but then once you get to some other other cars, S5000, I'm not sure that's going to really help me too much and they'd scare the shit out of me, those things. Toyota <laughs> um, 86, you know, like, yeah, you're going to be uh, wheel-to-wheel racing and there's going to be a battles going on but you know is it supercar style probably not so yeah super two was the main thing so just happy i've been able to pull together okay cool so how much space on your eggleston motorsport car is dedicated to the parked up how much stickerage are we getting on there it depends how big the invoice can be (laughs) uh there is a little bit of space but uh, you're gonna have to get some stickers happening real quick Mm. real quick so you're testing tomorrow here at Sydney Motorsport Park. Is it a, is it a full day test? Are you going to be flogging around all day? How much tyres do you have? Do you get a new green bags for it? Well, you don't have a lot of tyres. So after experiencing what the tyre deck is like yesterday, like we won't be running around all day. There's no way, I don't think, anyway. So um, I'll just see what the car's like and, yeah, see what, how many tyres we've got. But there's really no point going around if you just the tires absolutely stuffed like you're learning nothing and you know you can't really get a read on the car either so um and and considering i did a lot of laps yesterday you know i think i just need to become comfortable in the car and we've got more testing on friday in the actual sessions for the weekend so um yeah i don't think we need to go too crazy tomorrow eggleston motorsport has become the little home of giving endurance drivers miles before the race they've had jack perkins do a couple of rounds or he might have only done one he was going to do winton but that got cancelled of course uh, tim blanchard is doing it as well to get some miles in before he joins tim slade in the cool drive mustang Uh, so and uh, matt mclean is the the, their full-time driver uh, Jack Sip, I think you're dr- racing his car, is that right? Yeah, so he uh, isn't able to make this event, he's Queensland based, um, so he's not prepared to come down and do the event, so that car became free, and, and only just recently to be honest. Free? Well, available. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish it was free, bloody hell. <laughs> uh, yeah, it became available, and uh, when I first spoke with Eccleston, they, or Ben Eccleston, there was no opportunity there, and I spoke to some other teams. There wasn't really many cars around. It was only about a week ago that he rang back and said, yep, we've actually got a spot free, so available, available. Yes. Um, you know, how about it? So then it sort of all had to happen very quickly. Cool. So uh, you know we don't like to give out free plugs on the Parked Up podcast, but who's actually helped you get this one over the line? Of course, we all know that racing just doesn't come, it doesn't come cheap, and it doesn't come free. So, you know, you have to rely on the support of, of partners to do it. So um, who have you uh, convinced that this is a great idea? <laughs> uh, it didn't take a lot of convincing, but uh, one of my long-time personal sponsors, Timken, uh, they're a bearings company, and they support quite a few other drivers within the championship, Dar Wood, Nick Perkett. Um, they're on the BJR cars as well. So they've been supporting me for the last probably three or four years. Um, so they've jumped on on the side so they're the major sponsor 
Uh, my friends at GB Galvanising, those guys have helped me in TCR this year and they've jumped on the bonnet, so that's nice of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's retro as well, really, having those guys on the bonnet. It is very retro because they used to be on my uh, uh, Super 2 car. They were on my – oh, actually, maybe not my Super 2. No, I think they, they started uh, when I went full-time. Yeah. Um, so they were on the bonnet there, and the bonnet's white with their logo. It's, like, almost identical on a Commodore as well. So uh, it does remind me of, the, of, you know, back in 20, probably maybe 10 or 2010, something. yeah. I always remember the GB galvanising being on the front of the car that you drove. Oh, you drove it all through 2010, but when Fidantonio Liuzzi came and, we, and you ran the Italian colour scheme on it and he qualified really well at the Gold Coast, really well. Mm. Unfortunately, he didn't make the flashest of starts and damaged that GB no, galvanising. No, 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 he made a bloody good start. What it was, it was the cars in front made a terrible start and he had to try and get around them and he just got sandwiched and then ran into the back of, I think, Will Power or something. I think Will got a little bit of a slow getaway because these cars are bloody hard to get off the line. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, but, yeah, he actually na- nailed the start and he was really quick that weekend. But, yeah, we had the Italian flag down the bottom because the GB boys... John and Vince, they're Italian. We're Italian, so it just all sort of made sense. Um, so a bit of fun there. Pizzas for lunch that day? Oh, pasta, yeah, <laughs> for breakfast. Uh, so, yeah, got those guys. I've got um, the guys from Third Australia as well who support me in TCR. They're coming on board. Uh, a couple of the smaller ones. Uh, I've got reaction performance on the, on the <laughs> side skirt. He won't let me, Lee won't let me send an invoice in, but uh, I'll, I might try and sneak one through. And, of course, Matty Adams, our great friend, uh, has uh, put all these stickers on the car as well. So I'd, I dare say he's found, like, 17 different spots to stick Trady Wrap or Motosign or um, all those different brands that, he's, uh, that, that he operates under. Well, I did leave it up to him to go and do the livery uh, or stick the, the car up. And I said, oh, you're welcome to put your logo on it, no dramas. And then when he sent me photos, I was like, bloody hell, mate. Talk about taking the piss. Uh, but anyway... So, uh, yeah, he's got Trady Rap on there. Um, so, yeah, just like, you know, a whole group of supporters that have been alongside me for a long time have all pitched in to get this over the line. So I'm hoping we can have a decent weekend to uh, get there some good coverage. Excellent. Okay, well, we look forward to it. Um, now, before we get into some news, let's uh, just talk a little bit about the test that you had yesterday in the Shell V-Power DJR Mustang. First time in the car for a while. Anton's obviously been going and the team have been going extremely well here in, in Sydney. Can you feel that this car is like on the pace, on the money? It's a bit tricky to know. I don't have a lot of reference, you know, so um, once you get out there, the car feels solid. There's no doubt about it. And obviously the results speak for themselves. So it, it, yesterday was really about me trying to learn uh, the way Ludo and Anton are setting the car up and how you got to drive it because they sort of do set it up in a way that the driver does probably need to adapt their style a little bit to get the best out of it. Um, so just learning some of those things. Um, you know, Anton likes quite a heavy brake pedal, which is a bit different to what I'm used to. Um, gear lever is a bit different. Just a few little personal touches that he prefers. And, um, so that, that is purely like yesterday, just going around and around and just getting comfortable with those sorts of things. So I pulled up pretty well. Um, so my seat is good, um, which is a good, good sign. Um, we've still got to do a few driver change practices. We haven't done any ins and outs yet, but we've got plenty of time um, you know, this week and also next week at Bathurst when we get up there as well. So not too stressed about that just yet. But you know, the belts are good. 
Um, so the day was was um, successful. You know, I did probably about 70 laps in the car, um, which is more than what what I thought I was going to do. Um, but yeah, looking at pace wise, it's just so difficult to tell. So difficult. But the biggest thing that I learned on the day was how much these guys are having to manage the tire degradation around here. And I know, like we watch the coverage. And we think, bloody hell, Scafey and, and Crompton, can you stop talking about tyre deg? But it's like the biggest, like the hottest topic around Sydney Motorsport Park. Like the tyres just do not last. Um, and the, the guys out there at the start of the race, while they're battling around each other and trying to fight each other, they're just, they're not cruising, but they're, they're working really hard not to hurt the tyre. Um, so you see some people in the race, they'll blaze, and, and someone like Chaz is, is like, that is quite aggressive at the start, but doesn't seem to look after the tyre quite as well later in the, in the stint, whereas like a SVG, for instance, he always goes easy at the start, brings the tyre in nice and slowly, and then he's always strong at the end of the race. And just spending time here yesterday, you could see exactly what, why they're doing that, um, the mentality behind it, and just the, you know, the emphasis on that. Um, more than just you know changing things on the car, it's like the driver's inputs are so important. So what? Did, why is the tyre getting burned up here? Is it track surface? I know it's long radius corners, like lots and lots of long corners that do end up tearing up a tyre. They have resurfaced over between turns two and four, and I think yesterday when we spoke, you said you can really feel that that section of the circuit is actually okay, but the rest of the track just eats every, eats the tyres alive. Yeah, the, the surface plays a big part in it because it's so old and basically the bitumen in between the rocks is gone. So you just got these like shiny rocks sticking up that are slippery and it tears the tyre apart. Um, whereas the new surface, you don't have that. You, you know, you got a lot of bitumen that the tyre is actually gripping to and it feel, the car feels completely different. So you've got the first quarter of the lap where the car feels great and you can be quite aggressive with the car and then you get you know, through that into the back section of the lap and you've just got it you're on eggshells it's like you're almost driving in the wet um you know you, you've got to be so progressive on the throttle pickup trying not to spin the rear tires up not asking too much of the car like you've just got to underdrive it um so you've got basically two different styles over the lap um to try and contend with you know, during the lap so it is quite tricky um but and also, you know, you do have some long radius corners. You know, you've got turn one where the car, you know, is on that right-hand rear for a long time. Um, you've got Corporate Hill where it's the same thing. You've got change of direction, but not fast change of direction. Like, it's quite slow. So each tyre is just getting heated up for a long time and not a lot of recovery. Mm, well, they did spend a lot of money putting up a whole bunch of lights around the track. So it's not like they're not doing anything around this venue, but probably due for a resurface, you would imagine, in the next couple of years. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, you're right. Sydney Motorsport Park has, has done an amazing job. Like, the facilities here are pretty damn good. Um, and, uh, you know, what I think it does add a bit of spice to the racing, you know. Like, if the track's all gripped up, then everyone can go flat out. And from that point of view, you don't have to think about it. You know, I think we'd probably see, um, you, you wouldn't see this big difference in performance from the start of the race to the end of the race. Um, and I think the way it is now, you know, you have to be very disciplined. Um, you have to choose when you want to fight and when not to. Um, so I think it does add a, a completely different element to the racing. 
Um, but yeah, as it, from a driver's point of view, I'd love the surface to be perfect so we can just go as hard as we can. Cool. Okay, well, uh, one race in Sydney to go. We'll talk about last weekend's racing uh, here at Sydney Motorsport Park and around the world in, in a moment. One last question, though, just on uh, on the Shell V Power team. They're having an amazing run. I know Will is probably really desperate and uh, keen to get a race win, which he hasn't been able to do. Uh, but, you know, plenty of podiums, heaps of trophies. What's the vibe like in the team? Uh, just sort of thinking about that big race in a couple of weeks' time up at that mountain. Yeah, I think the, the vibe is very good. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, on one side of the garage, they're having a party because they're, they're winning a lot of races and having a lot of success. And you're right, Will is very hard on himself. Um, he, he wants to get wins for the team. Even you know, on the weekend when he qualified on, uh, on the front row, so he's P2, and just off Anton, he was still disappointed. So he, he's got a lot of, um, you know, like he's putting pressure on himself, but only because he wants to get results. And, um, but it's, it is a great vibe in the team. Everyone's excited about the Bathurst 1000. You know, they, they don't think just because they're going well here, it's going to be a given at Bathurst. So um, they know that probably earlier in the year, AAA was stronger at Bathurst and they had to work on a few things and, you know, potentially they've made gains. But until we get to Bathurst, we really don't know. And we, we've seen... You see every weekend, you know, teams will pop up out of nowhere, they get their car right, they have a good run, good pit stop, whatever it might be. Anyone can perform um, up and down pit lane. So it's certainly no given that you're going to be, you know, contenders for the race win, but we're going there with confidence, I guess. And, you know, Anton's confidence is very high after winning five of the nine races here. I mean, it's pretty insane. And just got the pole award as well. So he's kept that in the family from, you know, Scotty Mack has obviously got captured that the last few years. Mm. Um, so that's nice to keep that. I mean, the team won't be able to probably get the team's championship this year. It doesn't look like that's um, achievable, I don't think. So, you know, to get the pole award and get quite a few wins under their belt and then maybe, fingers crossed, we can get a Bathurst um, win as well. You know, that'd be a pretty good year for them. Mm, okay, well, here we go. The uh, Bathurst 1000 is not too far away, but we've got a, a uh, one more Sydney race to come. You've got a Super 2 race to come. It's going to be good to see you back behind the wheel. Uh, let's give up on all of this and let's talk about some news. Okay, this is the news. News is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. Tony D, let's talk about Sydney Motorsport Park number three. It was the first event that didn't have a night race element. This weekend, the night racing returns. But it was actually the biggest crowd that they'd had of the three events, which I thought was odd, but also kind of impressive. Um, what were the numbers like? I don't know exactly what the numbers were like, but um, the grandstand was the most full. They actually had the family element here. You went, you, I know you weren't here for it. You watched it on TV back at home. But it was actually quite full. It was good. And I think the momentum is great leading up to the Bathurst 1000. Mm. Yeah, no, it definitely will help because obviously um, people know where we are. They, they know that we're here for another weekend, back-to-back um, you know, -back rounds. So if you are a supercar fan or a racing fan, this weekend in, in particular, Grant, is going to be amazing here at Sydney Motorsport Park. Because you're racing Super 2? No, no. Well, that's great. But we've got Super 2, S5000, Trans Am, Toyota 86, supercars. Yep. What have I missed? 
I think Super Utes are here oh, as well. Super Utes again. Um, so it's just action-packed. Night racing as well. And like I said before, the weather is looking a little a little tricky. So if you want to get, um, you know, come to the track, make sure you get under the grandstand. Mm, okay, cool. Um, actually, just before we get into the news, there was one thing that I w- forgot to mention. Of course, we did our little spontaneous impromptu um, uh, parked up podcast from Challenge Bathurst last week. Just before you were about to go out into that last session, you ended up just doing one lap because of inclement weather. Uh, and it was absolute, uh, yeah, diabolical conditions not that it was actually perfectly dry when you went out but the track was so wet and we actually ended up unfortunately seeing an Audi tear itself apart halfway up mountain straight for those who listened to that impromptu podcast Tony went and completed one sighting lap in the Lambo but then uh, decided to pull it in it was just a little bit uh, too risky yeah, and you know, we saw in practice the day before that um, the track does dry pretty quick and uh, the, the drainage is reasonably good at Bathurst. Um, we thought maybe you know, we'll get some dry running. Anyway, so we went out uh, to check the track and the plan was to do a siding lap, make sure it was half all right, come in, put new tyres on. Adrian Dees was kind enough to give me a new set of tyres. Thank you, mm-hmm. mate. Uh, and then go for it. Uh, but as soon as I rolled out of pit lane, there's literally rivers running across the circuit and then it'd be fully dry and then there'd be a river running across the track. And when you've got slick tyres on, uh, those rivers just basically lift the car up and makes you aquaplane. So I'm not surprised that Audi ended up finding the fence because I, at the time, had no idea how I was going to be flat out down the straight with those rivers running across the track. So, you know, risk versus reward just didn't add up so i ended up calling it early and saying no nah, we're not going out i don't want to damage this car and it turned out to be probably a good decision but um on the outlap uh warming tires and going across the uh rivers in the circuit um prince jeffrey actually had a spin right in front of me and this was on the outlap and i'm thinking this is nuts what are we doing out here and then they all i pulled into the pits and they kept going and i thought oh you're nuts you're crazy so um Probably a good call, but uh, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit unfortunate we didn't get any running on the second day, uh, but we did get quite a bit on the on the Thursday anyway, so not all lost. Cool. If you get the opportunity, go back and have a listen to the impromptu Parked Up podcast that we did from uh, Challenge Bathurst. Really cool event, heaps of competitors, like 450 competitors, and the opportunity for anyone with any car to drive around the world-famous Mount Panorama circuit. Um, Okay, Sydney number three, which was run and won last week. We don't need to harp on it too much because it feels like ages ago and we've already got our sights set on number four. But um, a great result for Anton, two race wins. Great result for Will Brown taking a race win as well. The big talking point was the uh, Red Bulls crashing and bashing into each other. One of the most entertaining supercars races we've seen in ages. It was amazing to see how aggressive the Red Bulls were attacking each other in that race, especially when they were trying to chase down Will Brown. And I think everybody from pit lane was watching it, just surprised to see how aggressive they were being and how defensive Jamie was being against Shane when clearly Shane had more pace on board. Um, I don't know what your opinion is, Grant, but from my side, I thought that uh, Jamie probably overstepped the mark a little bit. 
But I also felt that Shane probably should have let Jamie get to the back of Will. You know, he was in front of him. Give him the chance to have a go at Will rather than attack him before they got there because it just delayed them actually getting to Will um, and, and effectively did hand them the win. So I don't reckon it's, it's all Jamie's fault. I think Shane probably did play a little bit of a part in it. But because Jamie's in front and he's blocking and making it difficult for his teammate, I think he sort of copped a lot of the, the bad comments. Um, what are your thoughts on it? I thought it was amazing. Like, let him, let him go, let him race. And, and uh, look, Jamie owns a bit of that team. So, you know, he's making the call. And I know he's a, he, just because he owns the team doesn't mean he can do what he wants. But he was, uh, you know, he was what he'd said after the race and said that he was, uh, this, this is his last season as a full-time driver and he, he's not going to, um, he's not going to die wondering and, uh, you know, he's still got a sneaky chance of winning the title and it's ever so slight. There is every, like, I think Shane will absolutely wrap up this title um, at Sydney number four this weekend. So it's basically gone. But look, while it's still alive, I think Jamie's still um, still holding on to, to that sort of hope. I like the, even though the racing was really hard, the respect that was shown between them was really, really good as well. I know they ran each other wide a little bit, but they trust each other. They trust each other. I don't think it was even close to them having a big accident. I know it was, you know, Neil and Scaife on the commentary were hyping it up quite a bit. But I reckon they were in control. I I don't think they were hyping it that much. Like, I thought, if that was my teammate, I wouldn't be happy about it. I wouldn't be happy about getting run off the road so far, you know, bumping and grinding so much. It's like, hang on, we're meant to be sort of working together here to try and win the race for the team. Um... And that was achievable. I mean, Will Brown was fast, but he only had two tyres on in that race. There was no reason why the Bulls couldn't have pulled him in. So they sort of let it happen a little bit. Um, And great for Will Brown. You know, he's been outstanding here the last three weekends. So it's not like, um, you know, he just popped out of nowhere and he got a win and he didn't deserve it. Um, Those guys have been knocking on the door. We've seen the pit stop dramas that they've had over the last few rounds. And that's why they've actually just been doing two tyres because they're not confident at the moment to do the four tyres because you know yes there's a gain running four tyres in the stint like you you do end up catching up the time you lose in the pit lane but then they're losing another three or four seconds because their guys you know were having trouble so they elected just to do the two tyres which is risky but obviously paid off this time because the bulls were at each other Um, but getting back to you know who's right and who's wrong. I just would have loved to have been in the debrief after. <laughs> like, you know, did Jamie get sat down by Roland? You know, what was the conversation? Or was it just a bit like, ah, oh, boys, you know, we just let you have a race. Like, you know, no one really copped it. You know, how serious was it? Because, you know, you hear Dutto's comments and some of the other boys, you know, that we basically gave away a win. Um, so does Jamie get in trouble for that or is it all just Shane? Mm. Nah, let him race. It was good. It was great. I loved it. It was awesome. Fantastic entertainment. And really, it, it contributed to Will Brown getting his first win as well, which I think is, is good. Only the 82nd brand new Australian touring car slash supercars round winner as well. There's actually just not many of them. 
Tony D, we need to add your name to that list. You need to add your name to that list. There's one race that you can do that to. And you probably wouldn't worry if you were the 83rd Australian Touring Car Champion, uh, to, to championship race winner, would you? Probably care more about just being a Bathurst 1000 winner. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would die a happy man, no doubt about it. Um, okay. Uh, what else happened in those, uh, in those races that was, uh, that was worth talking about? Well, we did see the Tickford teammates come together um, at turn eight or nine at the hairpin there. I'm not sure whether that was um, just a bit of clumsiness in the back of the pack. i tell you what, they're absolutely playing for sheep stations at the back of the pack, trying to uh, make positions and they're bumping and grinding like it is all pretty hectic. Um, we didn't really see Tickford um, go a huge amount better this weekend. I thought they made a gain in the second weekend, but it sort of probably stayed there for the third. Um, and you know, poor Cameron Waters ended up with a very bent car after coming together with Jack LeBrock, unfortunately. Um, you know, besides that, the Erebus boys were quick. Um, Will was was quicker than Brody. You know, like a, he's been probably outperforming Brody the last couple of rounds, um, which has been a little bit surprising. Not, not not surprising, but you know, everyone we're rating Brody really high, and we know how quick he can be. But he hasn't quite found that sweet spot like Will has here. Maybe it's a setup thing. I don't. I don't know. But they were still very strong and and near the front of the field there. Um, very good weekend for DJR again. You know, Anton taking two wins, two pole positions. Um, so that was obviously good. Good for us. Um, it was interesting being in the garage and listening to the team chat about decisions. You know, in the second race there, Will was ahead of Anton, and. You know, just the discussion that goes on about what to do in this scenario. Like, do we let them race? Do we let them, you know, who, who's in a stronger position? What do we do here? And it's, it's nowhere near as clear-cut as what you'd expect. There's a huge amount of analysing that goes into, you know, why we're going to make a decision or make a call on the radio. And, you know, getting back to the Red Bull thing, you know, they're probably in the same boat. You know, like, they're, they're trying to work out what the best scenario is for the team. Um, and... Yeah, the DJR boys had to do that in race two because they had Jamie coming out at them as well. Because so they couldn't really stuff about too much when Anton got to the back of Will. You know, he's either going to make a pass or he was going to defend uh, Jamie coming. So it was a little bit more clear cut there because basically once Anton showed his nose, Will said, "Look, you know, my tyres are done. I'm going to let let it let you go." So there wasn't uh, team orders as such, but um, there's a huge amount of discussion that goes on in the background and more than the drivers expect. Mm, okay, cool. Um, while these Sydney races are important and it's great that we're getting the championship complete here with these four back-to-back races, it's all about the Repco Bathurst 1000. That's what, we're, that's what we all live for. It's what the sport um, survives on, really. What do you think the... Are we seeing much of a form guide now? I know you're hoping this is the ultimate form guide where Anton is uh, able to, to qualify pretty consistently right up the front but just uh, looking back beyond we know the shell cars are going to be competitive we know the red bull cars are going to be competitive last time we're at the 1000 and even at the uh, mount panorama 500 that kicked off this year's championship cameron waters was you know one of the fastest we haven't you know they've they've been on the back foot here do you think that tickford will be able to get that car uh, back up the front for the 1000 Without a doubt, there's, Sydney Mosel Park's a very different circuit to Bathurst. Um, so if your car's not working here, I don't think you throw the towel in for Bathurst because it is a completely different style of circuit. We're running on the hard tyre. 
Um, so yeah, I, I I don't think it's a form guide, but you probably can't take. Um, you know, the, the guys that are doing well this at Sydney Motorsport Park, they're going to take confidence away from these events and the team will have confidence going into the Bathurst 1000 and confidence is obviously a very big thing in sport. So not only for Shell but for Erebus, you know, Triple Eight, they're, they're always got confidence. They know they can do the job. Um, but, you know, for some of the other teams that, you know, have had a rough trot at Sydney Motorsport Park, I think, you know, it, they'll be optimistic but there'll always be that little element of doubt like, hey... Are we going to be able to turn this around come the Bathurst 1000? But, you know, Cameron was very fast there last year. They were you know, right at the front. You know, someone like Chaz always pulls it out at Bathurst. He, he was at the front um, you know, the last weekend anyway. So they've, they've turned that car around a little bit. So, yeah, I think it's not really a form guide, but you'll see the, the, the guys that we expect to be at the front, they'll be at the front. And, um, you know, I don't think there'll be a huge amount of surprise around, you know, like a tick fit if they do pop back up the front just because they haven't been going well at Sydney Motorsport Park. Mm, okay, cool. All right. So uh, there's been, I think the, the grid for the 1000 is completely set now with a couple of confirmations. One, an unfortunate one, with Greg Murphy and Richie Stanaway not able to do the race uh, due to their... Uh, travel from New Zealand coming over here uh, to compete in that wildcard entry which was to be supported by Boost as a third Erebus motorsport car uh, and a late change for the co-driver with Jack Smith where Ash Walsh was actually um, slated to drive with Jack uh, but it's ended up being your old mate David Wall. That's cool. Yeah, very cool for David. Um, that literally came about a couple of days ago. So that um, when we were at Challenge Bathurst, it was you know the the chat had started, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to have a bit of a drive of Jack's car on the test day and just see see how it goes." And by then, you know, I think they got everything um, sorted. So I think they they agreed on his massive appearance fee uh, <laughs> to do the event. Um, but you know. Great opportunity. David has been out of um, the enduro scene for a couple of years now. So. Yeah, 2017, I think, was his last enduro. Yeah, and, you know, like he does a, a lot of driving, you know, in Porsche Carrera Cup, um, GT racing. He's He lives at Sydney Motorsport Park almost. He's <laughs> here all the time with his customer cars, driving them as well. So, um, you know, he's a very fast driver. He'll be super consistent in the car as well and probably, uh, you know, add a bit of experience and maybe you know, can help guide Jack a little bit more, um, potentially. So I think it's a very good option um, for those guys. And, you know, just because Ash isn't driving the cars and, and David is, it won't mean they're going to be any dis- any disadvantage at all. Mm, okay, cool. Well, Ash Walsh hasn't been able to, isn't isn't able to come down. I think he's just started a new a new job or something up in, in Queensland and uh, hasn't been able to come down. But he has driven a supercar this week. Have you heard about this? Maybe. I'll let you elaborate that. Oh, okay. Well, he drove the Gen 3 Mustang at uh, Queensland Raceway, which was kind of cool. And, like, the supercars have been reasonably open with some of the testing stuff that's been going on. Of course, supercars are, are leading that program. I think, uh, does DJR, how much involvement do they have in it? It's not, like, they run the car and are building the car. They're the homologation team, but aren't necessarily... Um, you know, f- like completely in control of it. It's a it's a supercars project. These prototypes. 
I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but I do know the DJR boys running the car. Um, it's in their workshop, they're working on it. Um, and, you know, if, if uh, our drivers were up in Queensland, they'd probably be driving it too. But obviously everyone's down here, and Supercars really wanted an experienced supercar driver um, to drive it. Last week, Alex Davison drove the car, and uh, this week, Ash is, because basically no one's up there anymore. Yeah, they've all, all come down here. Um, did you speak to Alex about how what he thought of it, top-line thoughts of Gen 3 supercar? I had a little chat with him, and obviously some of the stuff is confidential, but the the, the first day was just making sure the thing runs okay and just ironing out a few little bugs. So um, as far as performance-wise... They didn't really give much insight into it. He said it looks good and sounds good, so I think that's a really good start. Mm. Um, but, yeah, early days. Cool. Oh, well, we look forward to it. The cars, both the Chevrolet Camaro and the Ford Mustang, will be at Mount Panorama. They've got some uh, demonstration runs uh, around the circuit. So um, I guess we're all looking forward to seeing what the future of supercars looks like, and it'll be great to see that for the first time. Uh, at Mount Panorama. Um, okay, cool. Is there much else supercars? There's not really much else supercars, is there? Probably not. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But there's a lot of Formula 1 action. Yep, so uh, Lewis Hamilton kept his title hopes alive with victory at the Brazilian Grand Prix. Um, charged from the back of the field up to fifth in the sprint race and then went on to win win the race. Uh, Valtteri Bottas um, qualified on pole, but then completely stuffed it in the in the race. No, that's not true. Didn't he, didn't he? He went off in the first lap, didn't he? He went wide, but he was still in contention for it, but he ended up having to let Lewis through, um, obviously because he's got priority in the championship. But, uh, you know, huge recovery from um, Lewis, and he was super aggressive in the race, um, Considering he's going for the championship, he could quite easily have um, gone the wrong way with some of the passing manoeuvres he was trying to pull off on some of the slower guys. And, you know, we know what it's like down the back of the field with those opening laps. So he managed to avoid a lot of that carnage. I think some drivers were a little bit kind to him as well. Uh, Max Verstappen wasn't, though. And I think that's probably the talking point from the race. You know, when Lewis got to Max and was having a crack at him and then Max sort of... You know, just open the wheel slightly, and uh, they both ran way off the track. You know, if, if Lewis hadn't have avoided contact, they would have shunted again. But it was clear that the Mercedes-Benz was was much quicker than what the um, the Red Bull was that weekend. Speaking of opening the wheel slightly, let me tell you a little story about a little outdoor go karting event that uh, I went to yesterday. So after the City Motorsport Park test, we grabbed a couple of the media types and we went out to Ludnam Raceway, the place where we took some photos of your yellow Honda, which neither you and I got to go to, but we sort of made it look like and feel like we were there. It's very tricky uh, Hollywood sort of stuff that we're, we did. Anyway, they've got a little go-kart track out there. It's not too far from City Motorsport Park, maybe 20 minutes or so. Cool little outdoor track. Uh, myself, the uh, Network R crew, uh, Heath and Tanea came out. We had uh, we had Andrew Jansen, who's the producer for the ARG TV stuff. He also does the Erebus doco stuff. He um, he produces. His cameraman Lockie was out there, and we also took uh, the big tall man, the good-looking man, Daniel Kalish, uh, photographer. 
So a bit of a media event out at uh, out of the track. Now Andrew Jansen is one of the most aggressive go kart racers you'll ever ever see. He absolutely just wiped me out at one of these corners. Like he just he tried to kill me. But he almost killed Daniel Kalish. Almost killed him. Like he, me, legit. Yes. Yep. He uh, went around this corner and just just drifted him up into the wall. And Kaliz has gone under the tire wall. Oh. And it's caught his leg and ripped his leg sort of out of the thing and it's hurt his groin or whatever. Now I've got some video of the post-race, the post-race yelling and screaming match. Oh, it's the best. I don't know if I should really uh, publish it on any uh, social forums, but let me tell you, don't mess with Daniel Kalish if you ever go to a uh, go-karting race because he will verbally rip you apart. That's interesting because I never would have thought he'd be like that. He's <laughs> such a nice guy. <laughs> Clearly Jansen did the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. He almost tore his leg off, sounds mm. like. Well, I guess the tearing the leg off was just a byproduct of Jansen running him uh, wide. And, um, yeah, they've remained, uh, they've remained friends, but uh, I don't think Daniel's going to trust him any time they go in a uh, go-kart uh, again. So, um, <clears throat> cool. Uh, let's, uh, we can talk about some uh, MotoGP stuff. Uh, Moto2, though, Remy Gardner, Australia's uh, next big MotoGP hope, uh, son of Wayne Gardner, former world champion took the uh, Moto2 title. So fantastic that we've got another um, strong MotoGP Aussie to support in 2022 in the future. Yeah, it's great for Australian motorcycle racing to have someone to support. Um, and such a great name in the sport, you know, mm. like uh, it's, it's fantastic that he's wrapped up the Moto2 because it's sort of obviously that's the graduation, you know, you want to win in the junior categories before you get to MotoGP. Um, the other big news for the weekend was Valentino Rossi wrapping up his career, mm. only with a P10 though. I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, of course. We all wanted him to see, to see him win, but yeah, I guess he's at the back end of his career. I don't know. He doesn't really know how to do much else. What, what else does he know uh, to do? But look, he's going to run his own team uh, next year as well. He's not going to be too far away from the sport. And really he has uh, just yeah, reinvented the sports star really like he's a he's not a MotoGP rider he's a brand in his own right now I've heard a little rumor that he might actually be doing a bit, a bit more GT racing next year which I think is great I think that's really good because the thing that I worried about with Valentino is he he was never looked like he's never going to retire and I thought he's going to get to a point where he's going to have a big shunt <laughs> and then we would potentially you know lose a, a star you know that we've all looked up to and it was just like, mate, call it before something happens, please. You know, so I'm so glad that he's got a very good track record of um, not having too many injuries on the bike. You see some of these other guys like Marquez who is falling off the bike almost every single round and breaking collarbones and always, you know, getting repaired. Whereas Valentino, maybe he's just not pushing as hard as what he, he used to when he was younger and hence why he's not getting the results that he would like. But I think it's a good time in his career to wrap it up um, he's an absolute superstar. We all love him. And it's been really cool to watch him, you know, perform at his best, you know, win all those championships. Um, and it will be interesting to see what he does going forward. But I reckon he'll have plenty to do, Grant. I don't think he'll be bored. No, that's right. That's right. 
Uh, he will uh, know that, like, I'd love to go partying with him. He'd have to be someone to have a, a pretty wicked party with, I reckon. Um, okay, cool. Well, I don't know. That's about it. What else? There's, I'm sure there's a ton of other stuff that we could talk about. But um, you know what? You've got some pretty, uh, pretty decent racing to get on with this weekend. You've got testing in Super 2 tomorrow. You've got, co- uh, you've, you've got a co-driver session back in the Mustang on Friday morning. Afternoon. Afternoon. <clears throat> Uh, and then you've got some Super 2 racing and uh, jumping between DJR pit bunkers and driving Super 2 cars. I really hope it doesn't rain for you. I don't want to get wet. I don't want to do that. I don't really mind, to be honest. I think it, there'll be a reason why it's going to rain, and maybe um, you know the good Lord is just getting us ready for the Bathurst 1000. Maybe it's going to rain at the Bathurst 1000. Who knows? Uh, but it will be what it will be, and, uh, yeah, just looking forward to getting out there and having a bit of a crack. Cool, mate. Okay, well, uh, we don't actually do many of our pods sitting next to each other, and we've got to do that in the Sydney Motorsport Park Media Centre here. Uh, maybe you might sit at that... Um, at that little desk over there answering some hard questions from the journos after a, a glorious Super 2 win. We, we uh, look forward to seeing you back in that series 14 years after you, uh, after you won the title back in 2007. That was a great day. That was a really good day. I really, uh, I really loved that for you. Uh, all long time ago. Yeah, Very well, long time. Well, yeah, it just doesn't seem like yesterday, though. Yeah, it does make me feel a little bit old and, and like a senior driver in the sport these days, even though I still feel young. But anyway, um, it, I don't think the sport's uh, changed too much. We'll see. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, all the very best with it. We'll be cheering on. Um, please like and follow and subscribe and do the, all those other things that you can do with uh, your phones and your computers and all of those things. We thank you for listening to Parked Up and Tony D. Uh, we'll wrap it all up next week. Copy that. See you, mate.